And welcome back to Fully Equipped. Jonathan Wall here, joining us all by my guys, Andrew Tursky and Chris McCormick. Fellas, what's going on? We're doing a night edition of Fully Equipped. Fully Equipped after, fully equipped after dark. If, if there, I like it. If we weren't getting in trouble already by doing the daytime edition, I'm surprised we're still on air after uh, a, couple, <laughs> a couple of the last, last few episodes. Here we are, doing a night edition. What could go wrong? It's like midnight what on could the East possibly Coast. possibly go wrong? <laughs> Yeah, Tursky, it's it's getting close to to sleep time for Tursky. You are you are a, a, an hour ahead of me. You're two hours ahead of Chris. You are in Sea Island, which is a beautiful area of the country. But you're not there to to sightsee. You're there for a golf tournament. What have you seen? Well, I wish I was seeing the beach. I'm stuck <laughs> out on the golf course all day talking about golf equipment. <clears throat> What, what could be better? I mean, talking to tour pros about golf clubs. I mean, you'd much rather do that over hanging out on the beach. No, there is nothing better in the world than golf equipment. And uh, we actually sure. have some, some pretty cool that. stories this week. You know, it's the it's the last full field event of, uh, of 2021. So a little bit of the last hoorah. And we got some content coming out of here. So I was strolling the uh, the putting green, as I do. On Monday, I come across a young Jonas Blixt golf bag. Now, if you know anything about Blixt, he's been using the same irons for about 10 years. Cobra S3 Pro Classics, the blades. So as I see his bag, I'm like, no way. No way he still has those irons in. Surely they've made him some prototypes or something by now, or he's changed it up. Not the case, boys. Still got the S3 Pros rocking. I love it. He's he's cut from the same cloth as Daniel Berger. <clears throat> when I was talking to him about the irons, all that was going through my head was, this sounds exactly like Daniel Berger. That's exactly what I thought as I was looking at the story. And I'm like, God, this is identical. This like quotes and everything. I know. It was, it was eerie. Well, I was like, <laughs> you know, how do you source the golf club still because surely Cobra's not still producing them like have you checked eBay like have you checked buy sell trades on forums third party sites like how are you getting these clubs and uh, he's like well I had Ben Showman at, at Cobra basically climbing shelves to <laughs> to find an old box <laughs> and apparently he found two sets so wow that's he's amazing got one set, he's got one yeah. set in play that he's had in the bag for about Two months now, I think he said. I think he said he threw them in the summer. Well, I guess it's November, so four months ago. And he's got only one backup set left. Now, when I posted the story and I threw it up on Instagram, I'm I'm guessing that he's gotten a couple DMs of guys like, hey, I got a fresh set. You want some new heads? You know, I'm sure he would really appreciate that. Sign gloves, sign golf ball, left call it a day. And, you know, they, they can last probably a year each, but once those grooves start wearing, I mean, what are you going to do? These guys practice a lot, and he's wearing out the center of the face, so they're not going to last forever. How but, how does um, it – I mean, here's my thing that that is always so surprising. How is it that a guy – he's playing irons that are a, a decade old. How, how can they not in this in this day and age – how can they not make him something that's – it's identical. 
like just prototype them a set of a set of heads. Yeah, like and it's blueprint a great them up. There's plenty of there's plenty of companies that'll do custom work, and obviously, Cobra, Cobra does. I mean, Cobra does a lot of you know they they've got some game changing tech. Maybe I'm putting them on the spot. Should I should I call up Ben Showman right now and wake him up? And call him up. <laughs> call him ask up. him ask him why they can't make make a, make Jonas Blix the set of a set of heads so that he doesn't have to to go digging around on shelves. Get do it, it, do it live. He's got show a, me, he's got show a way me would in love here. that. Do it live. Yeah, I'm sure he would really love that. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll save get, that for getting woken up. Like, for hey, why aren't episode. you building prototypes for Jonas Blix right now? Oh, I would, would get I would get some choice well. words. I would get some choice words. I'm pretty sure. But um, so I'm talking to to Blix, you know, just about irons and fitting as I do. It's our lives. We talk about irons and fitting. And I feel like um, we got a nice quote here for Chris, particularly. He says, I feel like a lot of amateurs, what they do wrong, my opinion, they just go and buy a set off the rack. They don't really have anyone test out what they actually need. They just go for looks, which is part of the process, but sometimes the irons may not work right for them. Then they try to play whatever iron is given to them instead of fitting the iron to their swing. Thoughts on that? Love that. I absolutely love that. And there is a component, obviously, that has to check that box of look good, sound good, feel good to the player, but it also has to make sense numerically and complement the angles that you create. So, I mean, there's a happy medium of, you know, you have to like what you're looking down at, but I would say that if the iron's performing, statistics will tell you that you will acclimate to the shape, the sound, the the feel per se, if the results are consistently there. So I would put the the data driven results above aesthetics all day, but there's some people that are just super picky on look sound feel. But I love that. Love that quote. I thought he had an, another interesting little tidbit, little recommendation. He was saying for amateurs who like don't regularly check specs, loft lie, head weight obviously go do that but he's saying uh he was saying think about that one iron in your set that you really love whether it's like your eight iron seven iron six iron like your go-to it just seems like every time you put it in your hands you're dialed in on the flag stick he's saying what you should do is basically get those specs specced out like know what the loft lie head weight length everything to do with that club and then kind of match it from there now, is that is that a decent way to go about it? I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, for the general population of player, is is it a great recommendation? Yes, if you have you know, the time and resources available to do that. I mean, not everybody has access to a build shop like we have at TrueSpec or a, a tour van like those guys have. So, I mean, going through and being able to cherry pick head weights or dial in head weights or frequencies or CPMs or swing weight. I mean, there's so many different variables that go into that. And then you also have to figure out, okay, if you were to pull that club apart and reverse engineer it, the orientation of you know where the heaviest, stiffest point of the shaft is, you know, is that influencing a particular droop or deflection pattern that you then have to mimic in the entire set? I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. You can uh, you can definitely go down the rabbit hole with how precise. But I mean, if you were to go and get a 
CPM range or a frequency, match that, you know, come close on head weight, uh, length, swing weight, static weight. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good way to kind of reverse engineer or build a set. Uh, it's just a matter of, do you have the availability and the resources to, uh, to make that happen? It's a very smart answer right there. Yeah. I mean, it does make me wonder. I mean, we, we talk, you mentioned Blick saying, get your, get your law flies, get your specs checked. I mean, I wonder what percentage of, of golfers out there actually are playing a set of clubs that, that are like built to their, built to their specs. Very few. It's gotta be, it's gotta be like, it's gotta be such a small percentage. And then of that percentage, which, which, what percentage of those golfers that are actually getting their clubs dialed in or are actually going through the process of getting their specs checked because your clubs, like the lie angle and the loft, depending on where, like the kind of courses you're playing, or if you're, you know, hitting range balls at a golf course off of mats consistently, I mean, your specs are going to change. It's, I, I mean, I remember talking to Max Homa and he had mentioned that he, when he first came out and got his tour card, he rarely, if ever, went in the truck. And it wasn't until after his first season when he really struggled that he started going in there and like getting his specs checked and finding out that while he was getting frustrated on, out on the range and thinking it was him, it was actually sometimes the golf club. Like things were off. And when you're talking about pros, but anyway, that it just gets me thinking. I'm like, man, it's got to be such a small percentage. One who actually get their clubs specced out, and then two take the time. I mean, you should be doing it. General rule of thumb is, and this is what I've heard from, from fitters, tour pros is at least for the average golfer, like once a year, when you, when you, when you start a new season, if you're, if you're a golfer that has a beginning and an end of the year, like get your, get your club specked out to make sure things <coughs> are still right at the beginning of the new season. If you play golf year round, if you live in an area like we do in you know, the, the South or the Southwest where you get golf year round, Probably, probably more often than that if you're playing regular golf. But yeah, bottom line, get your get your clubs specked out or get them get them rechecked to make sure everything's in good shape. No, that's a hundred percent. You, I mean, going in and just doing kind of a wellness check, uh, going in and getting your clubs blue printed, going in and doing a gap fitting. So I mean, not only do lie angles move around on you, it's your you know your lofts can be manipulated as well. I mean, you hit that one shot that comes off of a tree root or a rock that's just barely under the surface. That might, uh, you know, might alter not only lie angle, but also just loft as well. And then next thing you know, like we've talked about, you get that rat in the bag and there's gapping issues and, and you've got clubs that are duplicating yardages and you've got one or two clubs that you just can't turn over and everything hangs to the right or vice versa. They start digging on you and the face gets shut and starts going left on you. So it's, it's definitely a good idea to just do a wellness check. Yeah. So in addition to digging through staff bags and unearthing decade old irons, Tursky got what he really needed already. He he's, he's still got another day in sea Island, but he's already gotten what he really needed, which is Chick-fil-A opposite, an opposite arm. <laughs> Opposite arm lock putting lesson from the ping pong champion himself. <laughs> let's oh. let's get into this, man. You you did not you where got I a little, we you got going. a little walk and talk here. 
I wasn't sure Pooch. where you were going, honestly. Yeah, I, I thought maybe I don't know we where going I'm going sometimes with... anyway, but but I, I just I just kind of kind of meander and and we we get there eventually. I thought there was a Powerade joke that was getting ready to come out, or an Island Boy reference, or something. Col- okay, well, hold there, on before so. before we get into Cooch, somebody oh, did oh. tell me somebody did tell me that they were really hoping <coughs> that you had sh- that you showed up to Pinehurst for golf's top 100 teacher summit because they had something for you, and they sent me a picture. Of a bottle of water and a power. No way. <laughs> yes. No way. I said. I said, don't enable him, please. Like, don't I'm glad encourage Tursky, that behavior. Tursky didn't show up because we don't need any more water and Powerade. Producer Mark, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need you wearing other people's skin, mixing water and Powerade. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's no, just, it's so bad. Let's just live. Let's live a normal I, life. I hate when I hydrate really well and it tastes good. <laughs> oh uh, no. I was there at the top 100 summit. I need to know who this person is so I can place a permanent ban on them moving forward. <laughs> moving was, forward. Was he moving wearing forward. my skin? Man. Potentially. <laughs> okay, so let's reel it back. But my brain did go to, because uh, they have in like the media center, they have a huge cooler of sweet tea and then a huge cooler of unsweetened iced tea. And I don't do sweet tea. Like, so he's I know I'm in cheese. I know I'm in Georgia and that's like blasphemy, but I started pouring up the unsweetened iced tea, and there were a couple of people that gave me looks like, like what are you doing? You made the wrong choice there, bud. Like justifiably, I felt so. like I was going to get clipped on the way out. But he was doing unsweet tea and water. It was it was still too sweet for him that unsweet tea. No, I just put some lemons in there, and then yeah, I've been mixing like water into the unsweetened iced tea. But You're a savage. No, I quit. Just kidding. That is blast. I, I, quit. That is I quit. See you guys later. <laughs> yep, it's the it's the unorthodox mixologist here. <laughs> I am kidding on that one, but there are lemon slices in the unsweetened iced tea. But I think that's pretty normal. But anyway, so I'm doing a, a walk and talk with uh, Matt Kucher because he's going to play the new Bridgestone Torby X prototype uh, this week. Bridgestone guys set it up. Definitely appreciate you guys for letting me walk. Uh, Two or three holes with Kucher today. So we're talking about the golf ball. He had some interesting things to say, actually. Um, I don't know if uh, you guys know Kucher's equipment setup too well, but he never changes clubs. Never like, changes like clubs. Like, never. He's got clubs in the bag that are all I – I think his newest club is, like, six years old, maybe. I was going to guess a decade. <laughs> well, I guess the newest club would be, like, a prototype putter that's been made. But he never changes clubs. But I think it's interesting because he always changes into the new Bridgestone golf ball. Like each iteration that comes out, he changes. And I thought he had a pretty interesting quote here. Um, if I can find it. The golf ball is usually a, a stickler for guys. They're not uh, They're not too eager to change balls. I, say, especially I, know, I feel for like a guy that would be the one aspect gear. of the bag that like you don't change yeah. that much. Yeah. yeah, it's a constant that they actually have control over is consistency and performance of the ball. Well, especially and when you're dealing with old gear, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, you're not you're not matching that new tech to new gear. You're having to to now see how it stacks up to, to all this old equipment you have in the bag. So I, I totally agree. So here's yeah. here's the quote. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm not gonna do a Kucher impression. I don't feel like I would do a great one. 
Oh, um, come on. It's podcast after he's dark. Got some, he's, Tursky has some sneaky good impressions. I got to give him credit for that. Sometimes I do, but I can't nail Kucher. I got to spend some more time with him. But he said, quote unquote, I think it's challenging to make things superior. All the manufacturers are kind of, I'm not sure how much better this next generation driver is from the previous generation driver. Even if you roll it back to the irons, are they really getting better? I'm truly looking for better products. If it's going in my bag, it's got to be a better product. The golf balls have been that. They've been better products, and so they've made it in the bag. And basically, like everyone else in the world, he's looking like when he goes and talks to the R&D scientists and you know the super smart guys over at Bridgestone, he wants longer off the tee. He wants more spin around the greens. I, I think every time a golf ball has, has come out, you know that's like in the marketing. You know, it's longer, more spin. But um, every golfer wants that, not just a tour pro. I mean, yeah, we all want to be longer off the tee, and we want more greenside spin. To, that makes us look like a tour pro. But it is, it is difficult to get there because <clears throat> you feel like you know, with with all tech, you're at some point you're sort of bumping up against that ceiling. It's tough to tough to make it better. So I totally agree with him. But he gets some pretty interesting access that you know, schlubs like us, we don't get, he gets to go there and they present him with multiple different iterations of white boxes. And he basically gets to go through and choose the ball that's best. He gets to say why, give the feedback, and then they kind of design the ball around his feedback. I'm sure they, they asked Bryson as well, but you know, Kucher's a great ball striker, obviously made a lot of money out on tour. I think his opinion, you know, holds some weight. For sure. And, you know, we talk a lot about ball fitting and the process of ball fitting on this podcast. And most of the time we talk about green backwards. Start with the putter, get the right feel, go to the chipping green, get the right spin, then work your way back. Kucher doesn't doesn't get down like that. He goes driver first, looking for that ball speed increase. What a maniac. Gets the ball that he kind of likes the feel of, then he starts taking it to the green and seeing how it performs. I thought that was well, pretty interesting because that's kind of backwards from you know, what we've talked about, whether it's fitters or players as well. You know, He kind of does it uh, a little bit different. Do you think it's because he's, he's – I mean, clearly he's not one of the longest guys on tour. So maybe he's prioritizing Whoa. at this point in his career. He's prioritizing distance over – over, you know, greenside work. Jay, Jay Wall outdrives Berkshire one time, and now he's just like, oh, I could outdrive Kucher. I could outdrive Kucher. I wouldn't even need my best drive. <laughs> oh. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll throw down the gauntlet on that one. I need to see it. I mean, we have to set this up now. Okay, let's do it. Are you Are you going to tweet at him tonight? Like, hey, we just had a little podcast segment. Like, I could absolutely wax you in a long drive contest. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure this this segment will <coughs> will get back to him. I'm almost positive of it. Clip it, producer Mark. <laughs> clip it. Okay. It's 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 the late night recording. I think that's why it's uh, it's giving me a little bit of uh, of extra hubris. The hot takes are flying. I love it. But we did not just talk about golf ball. This is what I want to get into. I know. This is the most important but we had part. To, we had to talk about the, the, the shittiest part news. of your game. <laughs> shittiest part so, of your game. 
as as everyone knows, I've talked about it many times. I'm a mental midget on the on the putting green. I'm not a good putter. Every time I I tee it up, I have 38 putts plus. It's just who I am. It's just what I do. That's horrible. Yeah, it's not just great. Gonna throw that. <laughs> that's it's that's not great. It's just it's just who I am. It's what should, I do. You should be ashamed of it's yourself. Kind of, it's kind of been who I am throughout my career. Like we should put that on ball a striker, hit a bunch of greens, thirty-eight putts. The par it's fives, who I and am. Thirty-eight putts. What I do. Thirty-eight putts. What I do. Right there. That's a new T-shirt. So I've done some arm lock testing. We got a Bryson replica in the past. I felt like it was pretty good with the left arm lock. Could have shot seventy-six. Great hat. Um, if it wasn't for that, I, f- I felt like things putt. were going pretty well with the left arm lock. My speed control wasn't great, but I feel like twelve feet and in, it really helped out. Was it weird getting set up with right arm lock? I mean, I I don't like we talked about. I don't even know how I would how I would do that. It just like I don't know what to do with my with my with my hands. Well, this is kind of now we start getting into it. So I'm like, Cooch, I'm about to do some right arm lock testing. I'm getting a putter from Bettinardi. I'm getting one of your replicas. Like, give me a little tutorial. Like, you know, what's what's going on here? How'd you come up with it? And he was like, you know, it was just one of those things. Like, I was just messing around bored on the putting green one day. Now, he had a bunch of loft on his his left arm lock putter. Then he goes to the right arm lock. Obviously, like, you're adding so much more loft. So when he was messing around with it, he was like, Obviously, the ball was launching super high in the air, but it felt really stable. He was like, it felt right. felt right in my hands. So I'm gripping this right arm lock putter, and I can't really make it work either. But you really got to, like, set the hands back and then get the putter, the end of the putter grip up into the meat of your forearm. And as it kind of sets back, it actually feels quite comfortable. And then you can just put your, put your normal grip on it. But here's where I was always getting confused with it. You can't like, it's not a throwing motion. It's not like a pendulum like you would think about it. You're not like um, swinging your arm in a line. You know, it's it's not the left arm lock where you kind of post up on that arm. He says you have to swing it like shuffleboard. So you're feeling like, you like kind of chicken wing your your arm and you're not letting the toe of the putter rotate open and closed, you're literally feeling like it's square the whole way. I'll let you guys imagine it real quick because it's kind of weird. I would bury that shit into the ground. I, I don't even think I would get golf, like putter head to golf ball. I think I would just, no. But he we, showed we, me we, this, we not this little, contact. he showed me this little, uh, I guess it's not a trick. It was more, he was just kind of explaining it. So he takes his backswing with just a left arm lock motion. Takes his backswing, then he lets the putter go. And the ball just like rockets over the green. You know, a lot of speed. He's like, when you drop it, you know, there's so much extra speed. So sometimes the speed control gets a little bit messed up because you're not really able to control it, especially on long putts. Then he takes it back with the right arm, shuffleboard motion, kind of chicken winged out. And then he lets it go. And he's like, the putter doesn't even get back to the golf ball because your arm kind of just gets stuck. It's not just like swinging. So he's like, I can perfectly control like how much energy I'm putting into the golf ball. Are you guys with me or am I losing you? I can see the motion. 
Oh, but oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm blocked out. My, my, my brain doesn't work that way. I'm, I'm yeah, I can, I can visualize the motion. I'm just, I'm not drinking the Kool Aid yet. I, all I'm I can saying, think about in I'm this moment is like I'm the tin cup. The <laughs> I'm just saying what he said. I'm just thinking about tin cup here, where he's got the hat on, with the with the <laughs> training aid, and he's got about fifteen thousand swing thoughts. If somebody were to were to tell me how to putt righty arm lock, I, I would I, my brain would lock up and I'd probably keel over and die. Okay. <laughs> So I set up I set up with his putter. You know how they put like a little uh divot repair tool in the ground? Like they're not putting on the actual hole. They just got a divot repair tool, like you know, they're preparing for the different pin locations of the day. We're on like the eleventh hole. Sure. So we're putting at the divot repair tool. I'm probably thirteen feet away. First putt I step up, and just like you said, like I wasn't able to put a lot of energy into the putt. And I hit it like halfway there. I didn't even miss hit it. I just like, it was nowhere near the right speed. And so it's a typical putt. He's like, you know, give it a little something here. You know, go ahead and hit it. And I hit the divot repair tool like four times in a row from 13 feet on the next putts. And I just gave him the putter back. I was like, you're lucky I don't, you know, lucky I don't take this right now. You're getting one, which means that you're probably going to start putting righty arm lock the next time that we play. I expect to see it. Now, do I support like an amateur golfer going to the local Muni with a right arm lock putter? I mean, I don't know. You know, you kind of got to get rid of your ego in this game, and you're supposed to play the gear that makes you play the best. I know. I know. Jay Wall shaking his head. No on the right arm I'm lock. Just, I'm just shaking it. my head because I'm trying to like – Figure out how to like get this putter in position here. If I was going to let do let your arm chicken wing, rest I, it up I, against the forearm, then kind of let it. You ever played shuffleboard? Yeah, I played shuffleboard before. Yeah. Okay, but I asked I asked uh, Kucher. I was like, "Are you really good at shuffleboard or something? Like, what's the deal?" He just starts laughing. He's like, "I'm really good at super obscure old people games." He's ESPN eight, the Ocho guy. We should just start calling Kucher the Ocho. I that's mean, that's actually like, not a bad Kuch idea. Has all the, the Kuch, Ocho. You know Kooch has all the dad jokes. Like yeah. He has yes. all the dad jokes on lock. He's dialed in. Yeah. So for him to be like a, a shuffleboard pro. Shuffleboard pro, Matt Kucher. It, it doesn't sound weird to me. It, it just sounds normal. But he did say, um, we we're kind of wrapping up the, the lesson or tutorial or whatever you want to call it. He's like, about 75% of people, when I give them my left arm lock, like, they can kind of get it. You know, it kind of feels comfortable. And then 25%, it's just like, you know what? Let's not even go down this path. You look like an idiot, basically. He didn't say <laughs> idiot. I, I said that while I was paraphrasing. We're, we're ad-libbing. Yeah, here we yeah. go. But then he said, uh, with, right, with right hand arm lock, he's like, and I don't understand it. Like, it's super comfortable, super natural for me. But he's like, it's more about 50-50. You know, fifty percent of people just—it just doesn't make sense in their brain. That's aggressive I, I, at fifty. I agree. I would, I would have assumed less. Although we don't know how big the sample size is, he could have—he could have tried this with ten people, and five people were like, "Oh yeah, I could get on board with that." But I will say, like, I kind of wanted to go down this road. You know, I want to do a test. I want to let the people know my experience with it. You know, is it a viable option? Put it on a, a Quintic or GC Quad. Get some feedback. 
I wasn't super comfortable with it the, the first couple tries at it. But after like he kind of explained it, put my hands in the right spot and you know, told me how to stroke it instead of trying to pendulum swing it, more of a shuffleboard. I don't know. I mean, it kind of felt comfortable like I get it. Not saying I'm going to switch to it, but I'm definitely going to test totally it out. Switch. He's going to totally switch. It's it's going to happen. My thing is like what if you play in bad weather and you you have like a windbreaker on and stuff? Like that completely changes your feel and the interaction with the putter. That's why I've never really been big on like a, belly putters, yeah, long putters, arm lock putters in the functionality of the game. You know, I grew up playing in the Northeast in not, not so uh, warm conditions, and sometimes you play with a bunch of layers on. Yeah, that's true. Well, it was nice of uh, it was nice of Cooch to give the, I would say, arguably the worst putter in, in the world. A putting lesson. I've never met someone who's a worse putter than me, personally. <laughs> I've, I've I've had days that that probably would uh, would get close to yours, but but I was talking anyway. I was talking to my but I was talking to my buddy about this. He's like, "You're a good green reader." I mean, I grew up caddying. I, I've always I've always thought I was a good green reader. At least my stroke mechanics aren't like terrible. They're not completely broken. I just never make a putt. Like, I don't make one single putt throughout a round. It's just three feet or two and a half feet tap-ins. That's where I cap out. Let's say you're, it's not like you're blowing the ball by the hole. I mean, it's yeah, you you just aren't like burying those, you know, 15, 20-footers that would be the difference between making, you know, birdie and par. Speaking of putting, Odyssey just launched new – Try hey, hot. I thought, I thought the transitions were my that. thing. I Look like at it. That. Okay. All right. Professional podcaster. Here we that go. was good. <laughs> so Sean Toulon was in attendance for the launch. Um, a bunch Sean of guys was there. Are, yep. All right. A bunch of guys are so testing out. Time. He didn't. He didn't reveal any any tech info. Unfortunately, he was just like, check <clears throat> out these new awesome putters, and I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so what? So what do we? So what do we got going on with the uh, with the new Tri Hot? So last year they came out with the White Hot OGs, kind of a blast from the past, flashback anniversary launch. We all loved them. I think I could speak for pretty much anyone who's ever had a White Hot. Like speak I for think, me. Yes. I think they did a really good job. Um, another putter line from Odyssey's history that people love. I mean, kind of a cult classic was the Tri Hot. Um, obviously judging by the name, three different types of material. You got tungsten steel and the white hot insert. Um, I don't know the three materials that they used in this version that they just came out with, but they're throwing it back to the original launch in the the early two thousands. Um, pretty similar look, five different models. You got a one, two, three, a double wide and a triple wide. The photos, if you want to check them out, seems like the feedback's been pretty good. You know, sometimes we throw up new clubs and sometimes the comments are like, throw up emoji. What are they thinking over there? Like, it seems (laughs) like, you know, the feedback's been pretty good. That's been my gauge of, of audience feedback so far. But if you want to check out the photos, they are up on Instagram. Got in hand photos of all the new models. It's at fully equipped golf on Instagram. That's at fully equipped golf. But yeah, so they're called the Tri Hot. 
and with the uh, addition of the nomenclature 5K, which I would assume is a moment of inertia thing. I have no inside info, but I would assume that 5,000 would be, uh, what does it go by, cubic centimeters? 5,000? I'd say that's probably a pretty good guesstimation for the 5,000 tag. Yeah. So my guess is uh, very high MOI blade style putters. Um, it doesn't look like there's any true mallets in the lineup. Saw some comments saying there are true mallets in the lineup. Um, I did not see them. Well, so, just to clear up yeah, that rumor. I would imagine there's there's got to be some mallets in there. The the two things that I noticed, one was the the like really classic white hot design for that insert. Yep. You know, we're used to seeing the white hot that goes clear across the face from heel to toe. This one is is basically like a like triangle, like a triangle, but with like the top of the triangle cut off. You know, just it but it's it's that it's that more it it's, doesn't go across the face like you've seen from the white hot. And those weights. I remember when I was in Atlanta for the Tour Championship, and I noticed that they had, they being Odyssey, had some putters, one of them being that Toulon Daytona that we posted photos of. Yep. It had similar weights in the bottom of the sole. Now, those weights were more towards the front of the face. These look to be a little more neutral in position, but they're still heel-toe. So, I, yeah, I would agree, Terce. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely an MOI story going on and, and maybe trying to bump these up to give them more you know mallet like stability with with those weights and maybe you can dial in the weights and different materials and you know swing weight preferences and feel preferences so one yeah, would have to assume like there the, yeah you'd have yeah to the front it, so. the front portion of the putters i mean i'm just reading but it says tungsten loaded front cg now here's where i get a little bit confused maybe one of you gentlemen can clear it up not me Front CG, forward center of gravity. I think for most golf clubs throughout the set, if you think about a driver with front CG, you would think not as forgiving. You want back CG for more forgiveness. But in putters, it seems when they say front CG, they also call it a high MOI putter. What gives on the science there? How can you have front CG and back CG both be more forgiving? So, Jay Wall, do you have input? Uh, nope. I was going to say we should probably just call Sean Toulon. <laughs> Sean Toulon, I, I, right? Sean Toulon will refuse to give tech info. Uh, will no? That's, I would we're, say we're, that we're going to we're going to learn about it, but yeah, I I don't really have. I mean, we've we've seen some tech here recently that, and I can't say anything because it's it's not out yet, but. We've seen some interesting tech that sort of breaks that mold of kind of what you're talking about, positioning <clears throat> of the of the weighting and forgiveness versus. Anyway, I don't I don't want, I don't want to get slapped on the wrist, so I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> All right, I, uh, I will not here, I will not take a stab at it. Here we go. Moving next on. Next time, next time we have someone really really smart on the show, we're going to ask him this question. That's not have us. An ND, who doesn't have an NDA tied to them. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Most so importantly. In, but no, in, in addition to the tri-hot, we got to talk about the other briefly, the the other putter. Now, I'm going to 
I got to give credit where credit is due because there were some guys out there that that dubbed this Odyssey putter the Lance Armstrong. Um, it's oh. it's it is the one ball. <laughs> we're gonna start the segment off with that. Well, might as well podcast as, after well. dark. Let's we're, do we're, it. We're already we're already into the to the Odyssey talk, so we're we're keeping it rolling here. But yeah, I mean, did you guys see the photos of Tommy Fleetwood with his custom Odyssey one ball prototype? I mean, it's it for people that haven't seen it. We we posted photos on on social media, and it's it's basically a, a two ball, but with one ball. And the interesting part for me when I saw the design was how the heck did they get all that weight back into the head? Because if you remove one of the balls from the head, you're essentially welding that part of the putter off. You're losing weight. You're going to need to bring it back to the head, especially for for a tour pro. I would imagine he's not just going to use this super light putter. So I I, I want to know how they added that additional weight back to the head. I mean tungsten, you're you're going to add it in different ways, but there isn't a lot of putter left, and it's it's one it's one ball, but it essentially does the same thing as the two ball. You use the the you know white disc on the top. You line it up with the with the golf ball. The white disc on Fleetwoods has a black alignment line, and you pull the trigger and go. I think you just wanted a, a more compact shape, would, would be my guess, if I was going to talk to the Odyssey guys in Fleetwood to try and get a deeper story on it. I just want them to come out with the putter at retail and call it like the Odyssey de France or something, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't do that after, uh, after what happened with Lance Post cycling career or i guess not even post cycling career but um yeah it was an interesting design let's just put it at that but i i did love the the, the folks out there that dubbed it the lance armstrong i i got it i got a really good laugh out of that i'm sure others did as well um nice maturity guys nice. yeah i know very, very, a lot a lot of we are a very mature podcast let me tell you that all right one mailbag question and we'll get into this week's interview this one as usual <coughs> is for Chris. It comes from Samuel Howarth. He says, greetings from Maui. First off, living in Maui. That's pretty amazing. He has a question. So apparently he doesn't have any reputable fitters close by, and he's wondering if there is a good guide to numbers. He mentioned spin ball speed that I could do my own fitting on. My local uh, golf shop had GC quad and the head shaft combos needed, but no one with significant knowledge. So I wanted to fit myself. Fortunately, I am standard loft and lie. So it's more for the head shaft combo. And he asks if we're coming to Maui for the tournament champions. Tursky and I are hopeful, but cannot confirm. Maybe. But anyway, Chris, what do you think? He doesn't have a, a reputable fitter close by. I mean, Maui is... We're not talking about the mainland here. So, I mean, I would think that there'd be a decent fitter, but what does he do in a situation like this? Uh, well, first of all, I would say that I am more than willing to uh, take a trip down and fit him should he want to accommodate any kind of travel arrangements. Uh, yes. I'd be more than happy to come down and do a personal fitting. Uh, also, second second part of this is uh, if you guys are going to go to Maui for the Tournament of Champions, I absolutely want in on that trip. Uh, Let's do so fully just, equipped just for Maui. Just gonna throw my that out there all. right now. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll take care of my own accommodations. Uh, that trip would just be amazing and a whole lot of fun. I don't want to miss that. 
I think we should make it happen. Put it my on the ties. Books. Uh, yeah, my ties for days. Um, so to get back to the question, uh, as far as being able to self-diagnose, uh, given the circumstances, if there is nobody within the, uh, the area that is able to assist, um, there are some resources online that you can go and check out. I mean, there's a ton of YouTube videos that post uh, different launch parameters and objectively what you should strive to get to. If you want to look at some of the launch monitor uh, manufacturers' websites, I mean, you can go in and you can search uh, Foresight Sports since they, you do have a quad that you'd be potentially able to use. Uh, Foresight does have a chart uh, which they refer to as their optimized launch data. You can search that and it'll give you kind of parameters based upon club head speed, ball speed what your optimum launch range should be, your optimum spin range, and then essentially what your carry and total numbers should be. Um, and then depending upon what your objectives are as far as increasing launch, spin, uh, apex height, landing angle, whatever the case may be, they do have some guidelines there to kind of get you into a range of what would be kind of average for particular player demographics. So there's there's plenty of resources out there. Um, Just have Chris fly you, down. Yeah, but I mean the the easiest thing to do and the the best thing to do would be just yeah, just book a ticket for myself and uh, you know just come down and fit you personally. I'm I think perfectly we could all okay go. doing that. I mean, yeah, we, I mean we could we, we could do go. a live segment here. This would be good content. I could do a live fitting. We could use the quad. You know, we could you know give a little shout out to Foresight there for having their tech and. You know, whomever OEM combination we come up with, get a little sponsorship there. I'm and, so uh, And we'll yeah, put him I, on the podcast as well. Absolutely. We'll do a little before trips, and after. And then this also <laughs> gives great feedback as to the, the validity of custom fitting. I mean, he could even fit himself and then we come down and that's, that's, yeah, coordinate like a fitting. That. And come up with, uh, you know, how close were you to what a you know, master level fitter came up with for you? I think this is great. We should make this happen. All right. I'm going to get back to this guy and see if we can figure something out. This, Absolutely. This like idea. All right. Well, we're going to table this one and, and hopefully have an update on a future fitting in Maui with Samuel. So, all right. Well, with that, I think it is a perfect opportunity to get into this week's interview. Tursky and I hang had on, a chance. Hang on, guys. I believe oh. we owe some people some uh -oh. terrible, terrible gambling uh -oh. picks. Uh oh, shit. Wow. Yep. Well, you know what? Producer Mark, he is. Coach, coach, reeling it back in. Yeah, well, I know. I I think it's, again, it's the fact that it's, it's late and I am exhausted and forgetting about our good friends at BetMGM. By the way, Jason Kokrak, sponsored by BetMGM. We totally missed that one. We should have just picked him. Wow. Yep. Wow, I was right. That's that. So as always, we are bringing you our picks every week, courtesy of BetMGM. If you are not signed up with BetMGM, go check them out. You're going to get that risk-free first wager if you haven't signed up with them before just use bonus code fully equipped to get in the game check out their app just type in betmgm or you can visit their website it is a 
up to $1,000 risk-free first wager. And if you blow all the money, yep, thousand thousand smackers. If you lose all the money, it's paid in free bets. Do the bonus code, get the free money. Maybe you win, maybe you lose, but hey, it doesn't really matter because you're going to get the money back. You only need one good pick to get all three of us. I'm sorry, Mark, all four of us to Maui. That's all I'm saying. You just need one good pick, one good week. That's all it's going to take. That'll never happen for me, so don't have to worry about that. But as Tursky said, it's the it's the last hurrah before the end of the. Yeah, I shouldn't say it's before the end of of you know that break point in the tour season. Then they'll kick it back off in January. We still have Tigers event. We're gonna have some more picks, but it is it is kind of when guys start to shut it down. So um, everybody's looking to try and get a W, make a little bit of extra cash for the holidays. Who are you guys picking? Chris, or you, I'll let you start. You, I always start, you, and then like my yeah. guy misses the cut or finishes last. So I'm, yeah, let's I'm mix it up. It I up like for that. Myself. I like that. I'm I'm actually going to go back to my go-to pick uh, from early in the year. I was picking him. He wasn't playing well. He's been playing well, middle of the season, end of the season. I'm going to go back to my my tried and true uh, Louis Oosthuizen. Taking Louis. Louis. Louis actually he's he's. Close to being the the chalkiest pick out there. He's plus two thousand. Scotty Scheffler is plus fourteen hundred. But but I I mean Louis, it's kind of tough to to go against him. So I I think it's a solid pick. Tursky, do you want me to go next? I'm ready. Okay, pick it. So Sea Island gets a little bit windy. I think we could all uh, agree on that. Pretty close to the water. Really want to get that launch angle low. Who better to hit it low than Joaquin Neiman coming in at plus 4,000? The low ball hitter. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad because I was worried you were just about to steal my pick. Yeah, I'm worried you're about to steal my pick, Wall, so I'm going to go ahead and go. Oh, God. Uh, Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me, Coach. Do it. My my guy's also at plus 4,000. Damn it. Coach, what are you doing? He has... Finished in the top 10 in three of the past four years. He was a runner-up last year in a playoff. He spent some time living in Sea Island while his house was being remodeled. The Georgia Bulldog himself, Kevin Kisner. God. Uh, I hate you, Coach. That's who, that's <laughs> was, that your pick? was that your that's pick? It's my pick. It's my oh, pick. I knew I it. Taking, I, I was taking it. kids. I was taking kids. Well played. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he just gave all the reasons why I was going to take kids. You know what? I'm just going to take him anyway. If if what? if coach and I, I, I think are gonna, that's fair game. I think that's is fair this game. allowed. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, I was going to take him too, and then then coach stole my pick. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take kids. It's it's perfect reasoning. I think he's you know he's a guy who knows the area well. He's lo- I mean, you know, basically local guy, and you know he as Tursky picked with Joaquin. He's a good Joaquin Neiman. He's a good he's a good low ball hitter. I, I think I think Kiz can can win there. He's come close. I I I think he's a good pick. Plus so make sure you fade those picks. That's right. Kiz, I come see. on, coach. Let's get those. I was dubs. Gonna say that makes way too much sense. It's too logical. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the the odds are good though. Forty to one. Hey, Martin Trainer. We joked about Trainer last week on the pod. I even pointed out he was plus a hundred thousand, and the dude almost yeah. won. Wait, yep. can I can I put in a joke pick and then we'll test it out? 
Yeah, do it. Oh, the okay. joke pick. Let's let's test out like the reverse mush. DL three. So, plus hundred thousand. <clears throat> no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> good thought, but no. So there's a guy in the field. His name is Callum Taron. Okay, I believe he's a Titleist staffer. I was walking by his bag today, and I stopped oh, dead. In- are, he has a fire set. By the I way, I stopped dead, dead in my tracks. He has all black, Titleist T100, like the new Titleist T100. He has a three iron. Then he has a four iron, a 620 CB, all black. Then he has 620 MB, five through pitching wedge, all black. All black Titleist irons of the new set. Now, me and J-Wall were talking about this a little bit. They're tour-only prototypes for the moment. Our guess would be that next year they drop at retail because I believe last year or last release, you know, they release uh, on alternate years, Titleist irons. And then kind of in that gap year, they've been releasing these black tour only finishes. I can see it. So he is, he's plus 40,000. I can see it happening. He's, I mean, that's got, worth a $10 bet. And I'm doing the winner's bag on, on Sunday. <coughs> You'll have all we the get clubs. those all black style. You'll be in. the only one who has the in-hand photos of his clubs. Woo! That's all I got. That's my joke pick. That's like us uh, testing the mush, which really isn't a joke. I mean, when, you're, when your irons are that hot, you would expect to have pretty good iron play. All right. You well, would expect. Maybe, maybe we just start picking guys based on, on like how – Amazing, their gear is in their bag. It's better I mean, than us trying to actually pick the winner. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, how much like worse it. could that be? <laughs> I like it. No, I, I think it's. I think it's great. And as always, if you're going to make those picks, go just roll with 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 Coach and myself this week. I think I think I, think, I got a good feeling about kids. Download the BetMGM app or check out their website. It's BetMGM.com. Check it out for the terms and conditions as well, because I have to read this every week. 21 years of age or older to wager. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, or Wyoming only. Excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Wyoming, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line, 1-800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right. With that. One take J-Wall. I think we are good to get into this week's interview. Coach isn't isn't saying anything, so I'm going to say yes. Persky and I, he's fine. Had the chance to chat with Phil Long. He is a partner and vice president at Access One Golf. If you don't know Access One, you're going to learn a lot about their putter technology. It's the putter that Justin Rose uses. He is also a partner in the company. We get into kind of what it's like to work with Rosie what makes their tech different than a lot of the other putters in the marketplace and uh, a little bit about his time hanging around with Don White, one of the club making goats. Enjoy the interview. All right. Well, it is a rare after dark edition of fully equipped. 
And we have a willing victim. I, I mean, participant for this one. Persky. And actually, it's funny. Both these guys are coming to us live from Sea Island, but they're not in the same spot. One of them staying at a uh, at a reasonable hotel. The other one's staying at one that shall not be named. <clears throat> Tursky. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. We were discussing before. Like, I'm not super have, bougie. What, what? You know, I just need I just need a pillow and a blanket. Like, yeah. that's all I need. Maybe an outlet. If, may, if there's Wi Fi, yeah. there's Wi Fi. Wi Fi is important. But we do have a great guest this week. We've got partner and vice president for Access One Golf, good buddy of ours, Phil Long. Phil, what's up, man? Hey guys, how are you? We're doing good. We're gonna we're Great gonna job. talk to you a little bit about OU since you're a diehard sooner, but um, after last weekend, we'll we'll pass on that. Yeah, you know what? Let's just uh, leave that alone. Let's yeah. just we'll just yeah. Can we uh, cut, can we cut the can we cut this restart or, uh, or what? <laughs> no, we're we're, just, we're gonna keep it going, but we will not ask you about uh, about the debacle in Waco. But I do want to start this this interview off, you know. Typically, we're we're talking to a lot of the, the major OEMs. You work for Axis One, and you know some listeners out there might know Axis One. It is, and we'll get into this, the putter that Justin Rose uses. But could you just give us an idea for those out there that don't know Axis One? What is Axis One? What makes your putters different than others on the market? Just a little bit of a, a brief rundown. So I mean, we're the we're the world's first and only perfectly balanced putter, and what that means is is you know you've got you know it's funny I actually have a putter sitting in my hotel room with me and a prototype too. So we're gonna of course you do yeah here we go. So um, you know probably the best way to to show this is you know you get putters that have toe hang, it's, you know they have variable different degrees of toe hang, or you get face balanced. Our putter is what we call perfectly balanced. So it literally sits. Uh, I'm trying to sit here at a desk and do this. It's pretty interesting. At twelve o'clock. It's sitting. So, yeah. So for people that we're going to post this, this video on social, but for people that can't see it, Phil's holding the putter in his hand. And when he spins it, it's perfectly toe up. The toe of this putter is, is facing straight to the sky, which is not what you would expect from, from a lot of traditional putters out there. Right. And we're the only company in golf. We own the patent because the center of gravity right on the center of the striking face. So there, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because there's been a big movement towards that. Um, you know, there's been multiple other brands, you introduced putters here, you know, recently, really in the last two or three cycles, if you will, um, talking about CG, but we're the only company again, that can put the CG right here in the center of the strength face. We own the patent to do so. So no other company can do it right there the way we do it. And then in line with the axis and the shafts, everything is, is spinning around the axis of the shaft like that. And the putter comes back to rest, um, at 12 o'clock. It like is that. truly wild. The first time that you see an access one putter in person. And, and my, my first experience was, was with Phil and he spun the putter like that for me. I remember we were out in, in Palm Springs and he spun the putter for me like that. And I was like, Oh geez, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen, seen that design before, but, but what are the benefits behind, you know, beyond just being able to do that, spin it on your finger and have it go the same direction every time. What are the benefits of having that type of a, of a design on a putter? Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, kind of take a step back, then I'll, then I'll answer that. Um, so, you know, our patent hill counterweight or this right here, I don't know if you guys can see that right there, that is there for a reason. You know, it's not, we're not doing that just to, just for the sake of doing it. Um, but what it, what it does, John is, you know, and, 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 
and look, well, I'll just use Quintic robotic testing. Um, you know, obviously you guys are, you know, getting into the, the, the testing gang and more and more, and, you know, probably to your, your listeners or, you know, your viewers, um, you know, Quintic's kind of the track man of putting you, if you will. Right. You see a lot of uh, pros out there using it. Correct. Correct. So, you know, we sent some putters over, you know, overseas to, to their lab, um, in, you know, in England and by placing the center of gravity right in the center of the striking face, um, there's zero twist on center hits. Um, and then there's minimal twist on off center hits. So, you know, every putter has got a true point of zero twist. Okay. And a lot of putters, the point is zero twist or their true sweet spots more towards the hill. Ours is right where the line is in the set where we, excuse me, ours is right where, you know, we shouldn't have done this after 10 o'clock. Now it's too late. Now, <laughs> <laughs> ours, ours is right where the line is in the putter. I mean, it's right where we say it is. Um, and then, you know, there's minimal ball speed loss also throughout the face on off center hits because of our center gravity placement. That's Quintic saying that that's not us saying it. And, and, and you know, look, you know, you can, you know, kind of, Relate that to Justin Rose too. I mean, um, you know, Rosie when he switched our putter, you know, in 2019, you know, he was coming off a year in 2018 where he just broke a career high in strokes game putting. Just you know, was the number one ranked player in the world. Just won the FedEx Cup. You know, recently won the gold medal too. He didn't have to switch putters. He could, you know, the putter wasn't locked up, and you know, in any deal that he did. And you know, John, I mean, you know, this you reported on it. You know, he's been quoted. Um, saying he's wanted to use the putter for a long time. It's because of the technology of the putter. I mean, we, you know, we did a lot of testing um, and, you know, obviously not, not to kind of jump forward here, but you, I mean, John, you, you, and, you know, Tursky, same thing. You guys know how, you know, Rosie puts everything to the ringer and we're yeah, going to get into the, that. Yeah. Sure. The numbers are, yeah, no, hundred percent. The numbers are what they are, but it's not just about Justin Rose. It's, you know, it's anywhere from Justin Rose to a, you know, to a mid to high handicapper will benefit on a putter not, you know, windshield wiping, opening, closing. The putter's going to swing parallel to your path throughout the stroke. There's not going to be as much face rotation. And then, you know, obviously the face technology, you really can hit it really anywhere on the face. And, you know, I like to say the entire face is the sweet spot. And, you know, we've proven that. So, um, yeah. I feel like you kind of just touched on it there, but we talk a, we talk a lot on the show about kind of matching toe hang to your stroke style. Now you have a toe up toe hang. So what kind of stroke does that benefit most? And I feel like you're saying that it matches every stroke, but well, I mean, you know, our argument would be, how is that possible? Well, but my argument back to you is, is does every player have the timing of Tiger Woods? Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of timing. You know, if you, if you get it, if you look at a putter does swinging to the path, you know, the, the putters, you know, swinging open and closed. Okay. It's not staying parallel. You know, it's, it's not, you know, staying perpendicular to the path, heel and toe. So unless you've got perfect timing like that, our putter, you can go ahead and arc it, okay? But the, the, the hill and the toe are going to stay swinging parallel to the path throughout the entire stroke. So you don't have to, you know, constantly manipulate the hands of impact you want if you want to have constant, you know, you're, 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 it takes the timing out of putting. Um, Tercy's probably the easiest way. To, it's, it's a great question. Um, you know, the same thing with, with a face balance putter. I mean, you know, a face bounce person's like this. Who hits putts to the sky? You know, if you're if, if, in the true in the playing position, you're actually that's the playing position right there. That's you know that's your path. So, I, you know, I I feel like it. Look, at the end of the day, obviously it's about getting the product in people's hands and having them tested. Um, but 
um, you know, we feel like it fits really, you know, any stroke type. I mean, you know, a lot of our, you know, players, whether it's in the, the views our product, whether the PGA tour, corn ferry tour, or even, you know, even down to some, you know, top amateur players, um, you know, there, there's different, there's not, not all, you know, stroke profiles the same. I mean, they're all, they're all different. Will you feel a little like resisting to opening closing compared to like, you know, a 45 degree toe hang or like a Newport style? Head? You know, that's a, that's a really interesting question because I think, you know, different people do different people feel different things. Some people do feel that, so, you know, we get a lot of comments, you know, we've never felt like anything like this before. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, you know, Phil, when you're talking about Phil, Phil is really kind of a, you know, you might feel something, John might feel something and then I might feel, well, he's left hand, it's never mind. Um, then oh, I might- there it is. <laughs> yeah. Great. He, he feels really <laughs> weird. Yeah, things. yeah. As a lefty. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you know, you and I might feel two different things. So, you know, I think that, yes, absolutely. We've heard that. Yes. We've heard that, you know, I don't feel the putter all over the place on me. Yes. The putter feels, you know, way stable throughout the stroke. Um, so, you know, all the above, if that makes sense. So you know, I feel like, I feel like we should have, Tursky, we should have done this probably like in the same place somewhere. Like, you know, I probably, you probably could have got a crowd out here. You know, you probably could have got 50, 25, 50 people out to see you. Um, we could have, <laughs> like a remote somewhere no chance <laughs> we'd have to go outside this hotel you know i don't know i don't know if 25 50 people are going to want to show up at uh this place you never, but, you never uh, know Tur- turkey's a big draw that's why this podcast is uh so wildly successful i mean there's, there's the over he would definitely be signing autographs I, I, i've seen it firsthand he does <laughs> he does have a calling so we are we're oh getting boy. towards the end of the year, and I feel like this is a good good time to, to ask this question. But I want you to to grade the year for Axis One from a tour and retail perspective. Yeah, I think I mean retail. We've had you know, globe in the U.S. We've had tremendous growth as well globally too. So I was looking at some retail numbers last week, and you know, retailing and green grass for that matter. We've you know, I mean, look at the end of the day, you know, a lot of companies because of the boom having you know great years so we're, we're not it's not just us so we're you know obviously we're in a nice trajectory right now and pga tour is kind of interesting because you know I, I was thinking about this you know obviously like you said see in the years you kind of think back um you know previously year and i mean honestly i mean you know rosie obviously played unbelievable the masters um you know led the, led the field in strokes game putting for the first three round finished second strokes game putting for the tournament um we got on a run that I'm not really sure, um, you know, a company of our size or of any size for that matter, um, you know, is, is really had in the middle of the year. I mean, it's kind of like back in May, wasn't it? When, when like it was Rosie and then Compton had, had the putter in play for his first big week at colonial. We had Congre too. So we went on a, I mean, we went on a, you know, look at, at the PGA championship. We've had, we had one putter in play. Um, Rosie obviously top 10 that week, but he finished first in Strokes Game Putty. He picked up 11.727 with the putter that week. Um, the following, I mean, the following week, we had one putter in play at Congre. Um, I, I'm sorry, the following week was, was Colonial. The following week at Colonial, we had two putters in play. Eric Compton, who led the field in uh, Strokes Game Putting for three rounds, actually finished third in Strokes Game Putting for the tournament. Rosie finished sixth. So we had, 
one putter at the PGA, finished first strokes game putting, two putters at Colonial, third and sixth in strokes game putting. The following week at Congaree, um, we had a runner-up finish. That player finished third in strokes game putting. Um, so we, we had a little, you know, out of, out of four usages, all the rows model too. I mean, we had a one, three, six, three in strokes game putting. Um, and then, you know, on the, the PGA championship is kind of interesting too, John, because the Rose model is the only putter model. And, and Andrew, I don't know if you know this, the Rose model is the only putter model the last three PGA championships. It's been two different players, Rosie twice and then one other player at Beth page. The only putter model to finish in the top three in strokes game putting at the last three PGA championships. So we kind of kept that streak going true too. So, I mean, I thought it was, you know, obviously it's, it's not as easy right now getting as much product in play with, you know, the restrictions out on tour, but, you know, for the amount of product we did have in play, I thought that the, even though we didn't have a win on the PGA tour this year, I thought the, the, you know, the, the, the output was, you know, really high. I mean, we, you know, we had some really good finishes I mean, we're, we're closing in on the, you know, since we kind of started this thing, we're closing in and, you know, in earnings, almost $8 million in earnings. I mean, we've had one win on the PGA tour. We've, you know, we've had 15 top tens on the PGA tour. These aren't, this isn't all, isn't it just all rosy? I mean, five top tens and majors. So, you know, when you start rolling the numbers up, um, you know, in the last, you know, three to five years, it's, it's uh, for the amount of usage we've had, it's been, you know, it's been pretty interesting for sure. Round of applause for that. There you go. Congratulations. Can, can you talk about like the process of how you get putters into PGA tour players bags? I mean, I know it's not easy fighting against the bigger OEMs. And like you said, you know, you guys are kind of a smaller company in comparison to that. Um, can you just talk about like what the approach is like going up to a player on the putting green or, you know, that fight that you guys deal with? Yeah. You know, it works both ways. I mean, we, I mean, it works multiple ways actually, because obviously you've got the player, you've got the caddy, you got the agent. Um, and then, you know, obviously whether it's me or, you know, our reps, um, you know, we have a couple different, you know, people that help us out in multiple different tours, but you know, the, it's obviously we have targets. Um, you know, we've got a past history of 23, or I'm sorry, 24 different players that have used our putter over the last five years. Um, actually six years, I'm sorry. So you obviously have that in the back of your mind. Cause a lot of those are still out. Um, and you have, you know, you have contracts as another, you know, kind of facet of it too. So it's, you know, if you, if you look at each week, yeah, it's becoming a little bit easier. I'm not going to say it's ever going to be easier because of the, the free agent deal. But if you look each week, there's really only, you know, X percent of the field um, that you even have a chance with because of the 14 club deals, if we're being honest. Um, you guys both know that. So, um, you know, I'm guessing that number is maybe 20 to 30 each week. Um, you know, it, it, it probably, you know, John, it'd be interesting to get your take on this, but it was probably – 20 or, or south of that number um, up till, you know, kind of the more and more free agent deal. So it's probably between 20 and 30 now. Um, so, you know, you've got that. So you've got kind of got a list um, of, of targets there, um, you know, and, and to answer your question, um, you know, I personally, I don't want to give away any secrets, but I'm, all, I'm constantly looking at data. So strokes gain data, um, strokes taking data for the year, strokes taking data from last week. Um, you know, and trying to figure out where my opportunities are um, in the weeks I'm out. I mean, I'm not out, you know, every week I'm out, you know, every week the Rosie's out for the most part. So, um, you know, and it's just, you know, relationships too. I mean, we've, we're, we've been fortunate to develop a, 
you know, a lot of different relationships, a lot of different players. So I don't know if that really answers the question, but it's not, there's not like one formula. It's just, you've got, you know, it's multifaceted. You've got, you know, there's a bunch of different, let's say balls in the air, but it, it, it comes from all angles. He doesn't want to give away the trade secrets is, is the real, is the real answer. I, get it. I don't blame him. It's, it's tough. I, I mean, it, it, don't give, don't give yeah, up the sauce. It's, and it's again, let's as Tursky mentioned, you know, it, it is not easy being a smaller company out on the PGA tour. You know, you do have to fight, you know, tooth and nail to, to get putters and guys bags, even when you have great technology, which, which I, you know, you know, in my personal opinion, I, I think access one does with, with their putters, you know, we've seen guys have success and I think you, you can try and get it in other guys' bags. But again, as Phil mentioned, the 14 club deals always make it tough, but there is one guy that you did get your putter in the bag of, and it was, it was one of the, the more unique deals that I've seen during my time in the industry back at the beginning of 2020, you signed Justin Rose to a putter only deal. And, you know, we're, we're going on about two years now since that deal. I'm curious, what, what did a signing like that do for your company from a visibility standpoint? Well, you know, I think the thing is, I mean, you know, honestly, even though the, the, the signing, you know, Justin became a partner in our company in 2020. That's when the, you know, the signing is official. But if you actually rewind back, he started using the putter at the first of 2019. So, you know, obviously, you know, we had a, you know, I mean, hello world. I mean, I'm not going to say hello world, but I mean, it's very rare that a very small putter company um, has an one ranked player in the world with the product in play and then win with it the second week out. And then you know, obviously the U.S. Open happened um, not too long after that where he, um, you know, he had 5.5 strokes game putting in the first round, tied Tiger uh, for the lowest um, round ever of the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. I mean, shooting 65, playing the Tiger. Um, and then, you know, had like 51 putts or something ridiculous for the week. And it wasn't like he was knocking in two footers. So it was, it was, there was kind of like a, you know, six to eight month kind of, you know, boom there real quick, um, you know, really before 2020 even happened. Um, you know, the interesting thing is, John, um, tw- you know, like I had mentioned earlier, in 2018, he, he broke a career high in strokes game putting. 2019, when he, sw- you know, obviously you, you know, we heard all the noise and, you know, I like to read golf, you know, different forums from time to time and you hear stuff. And it's like, why would he do this? Well, you know, the interesting thing in 2019 is he broke a career high in every major putting category, seven, seven putting categories. He broke career highs in, and it wasn't like minimal gains. It was, there were some big gains there. Um, and then, you know, starting from 29, you know, the, the PGA championship in 2019 um, up till right now, um, you know, there's, there's not every round or every major championship has strokes game data. Um, but the ones that I've had, um, this is, this is one of the most interesting stats you'll ever, you know, probably ever hear. I mean, I've been around for a while and I've, I've never really heard this. He, in the major since 2019, he's picked up 37 strokes game putting in his last 28 measured rounds. I mean, that's, that's unheard of. On the biggest stage, he's picked up over one, one per round. So, you know, what has that done for us? It's obviously um, given us a lot of visibility. It's kind of, you know, you know, definitely stamped our technology, um, you know, having a player like that. And we're lucky to have, I mean, there's, there's really nobody better to work with. I mean, he's just, you know, he's, he's very, he's very tech savvy and he's, um, you know, he's just, he's, he's great to work with. And, uh, you know, we've added obviously more players since then. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely, you know, we've gone from, 
um, kind of just fighting the battle, if you would, to, you know, having growth every year since then. Like you said, Jay Rose is a pretty tech-savvy guy. Uh, he certainly knows his equipment. I'm wondering if he's had any design input throughout the years. And I know he's pretty precise with, like, head weight and loft. I'm, I'm kind of wondering what it's like to work with him on equipment week to week. Well, I mean, you know, he did, you know, the, the Rose model, the putter he uses, he co he co-designed with us and there was, you know, you guys wrote a story about it and a couple of years ago, um, you know, the kind of the work that went into it and, you know, he, look, I mean, he had, I mean, we really probably four or five different prototypes of that products. And he had every piece of input in it, every ounce input. You know, the, the grand way of the head, shaft, um, you know, grip, everything, everything, total weight, you know, swing weight, everything. So, but, you know, he's he's very interesting in his fills to where um, if, if, you know, hypothetically, I took two grams out of his grip for some reason and you hand him his putter, he would know that, you know, 100%. I think, I mean, look, he might have 515 or whatever the total weight is, I, I mean, on that putter, let's just say hypothetically it's 530 grams. So if you take two grams out of 530 and you hand it, I mean, and he fills that right away. He knows that right away. Um, so he's, you know, his specs are pretty much, they are what they are. I mean, we've only made Torrey Pines in 2019. We changed a lot because obviously the greens he won that week, or, you know, it obviously worked out great. And then we, you know, took him back to where he needs to be at loft wise hadn't been one angle change in, you know, three years now, but it's just been more of a, a loft change, you know, back to where it's supposed to be just because of surfaces. So he's, you know, he's pretty dialed in on what, uh, what he, you know, what he does. And, you know, as far as, you know, he has designed put on other products too. I mean, this product that you know, this prototype I showed you, I mean, he was, you know, definitely involved with the design work there too. So he's, you know, he's great to, you know, Lewis and I love working with him. Um, you know, he's, he's tremendous to work with. So keeping it on Rosie, I mean, you are, you're a partner in vice president access one, but you, you spend a lot of time out on the PGA tour, particularly when, when Justin is out there. And I'm always curious, just because you spend so much time around him, if you could give any piece of advice to amateurs in terms of something that they could learn from the way that Justin Rose operates with the putter, What's the one piece of advice that you could say, hey, if you would follow Justin Rose's lead and do this, it will make you a better putter? Well, that's a wow. That is a really good question. Um, I mean, honestly, just the amount of the, the amount of practice he puts in. Um, I mean, look, you know, even there, there, there's other players I work with too. Um you know, the, the ones that put in the amount of effort that he does, um, the amount of practice, the amount of prep work that he does um, are the ones that are most successful. So, I mean, look, I mean, anything you do, whether it's, you know, we're, we're shooting free throws, whatever it is, you've got to put, you know, the, the practice in. I mean, obviously, you know, how, you know, if you're a, a 20 to, I mean, if you're me to a 20 handicapper, if I'm just running up to the first tee and not hitting a, you know, a putt or two on the practice screen, I'm probably not going to, you know, putt very well that day. I might hit one or two on the, you know, the first hole. So, you know, not everybody has the time too. So one, it's have fun, you know, is, is the main thing. But if, if you have the time, 
know, it's definitely, you know, the practice he puts in. If you go to our website too, um, there's some of the different drills um, that he does on our website. Um, not, to, not to get our little, you know, throw, drop our website, but there's, I mean, there's. That's a plug. Yeah. yeah. Plug yeah, number that, one. Throw some plugs in, but uh, I, I mean, I could have <laughs> wore a hat and just, you know, hit it right there too. I kind of feel weird not wearing a YouTube True. Room, but, um, you know, that's, I mean, John, honestly, it's just the, the, the prep work he does, the practice he does, and, you know, the routine stuff he does. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, it's pretty mind blowing, but everybody, I mean, everybody, every, everybody out here works on their putting a lot. I mean, it's just, you know, you know what I mean? Not really sure if I answered that question, but that's, you know, the thing that sticks out to me. Have you changed your putting or your approach to putting at all since working so closely, closely with, uh, Rosie? You know, honestly, I haven't. That's a really good question though. I have actually changed putter length because Eric Compton um, here in the last six months, you know, I've never used a 34 inch putter and I was messing around with one of Eric's backups at Craig ranch. And actually I, I grabbed his putter at Craig ranch right for colonial. We're just, we're just out there. You know, Eric's a good friend of mine. I work with him as putting too, but we're just kind of messing around and grab his putter. And I, I start making everything 20 feet with it. I'm like, okay, this is weird. And I just had him a backup made. I just kind of, took it out hit a few putts that start making everything when I'm like, all right, um, never would have thought I've been a 34 inch guy, but I'm a 34 inch guy now. So, um, you know, the call that look, there, there's, I've always been a left-hand low guy, you know, John, you know, might be a, a conventional guy. Rosie, obviously claw works very well for him. So I don't think there's, you know, there's one blank way to, um, you know, especially with our technology because the putter is a lot easier to deliver it back to square because of our technology. So I think it's, Grip pressure, yeah, I've, I've actually, you know, that's one thing I have picked up from Rosie is, you know, a little bit lighter grip pressure for sure, for sure. But other than that, you know, the, the, the I did make a change in the putting just lengthwise because of Eric's backup. For gamer, that turned it to me taking his backup. So at Axis One, you don't have a million engineers and designers like some of the major manufacturers working on your products behind the scenes, but you have a brilliant guy. You mentioned his name once, Lewis. Um, I just want you to give a little bit, of, if you can, just some background on him because he's not a golf guy, which I thought it kind of makes that story really interesting. Um, but he, he is a brilliant mind actually helped with, with NASA on, on one of the, was it with the Rover, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did the 3D imaging for the the controller, which is called Spaceball, that drove the Mars rover over Mars. So um, no big deal. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Space I didn't know that. Yeah, no, big Louie. Yeah, it was kind of. I'll tell you. I'll tell you more about his background, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about him too. Um, you know, about inventing things, but um, you know, he's he's a he's a rec golfer that he was playing golf with his ping putter. Um, one day I noticed that, you know, obviously the putter had toe, that toe hang, it flopped open. He was, you know, his brain started working. How do I get a putter, you know, to stay perfectly, you know, square throughout the, you know, the stroke, there comes axis one. Um, you know, Lewis has got 26 patents to his name and we just talked about space ball. Um, he's done a lot of medical stuff. I mean, he's done a lot of different things. It was really fascinating one time as we were at a, a very large retailer, probably back in. We first started this thing around about 2010, and um, the former buyer there is an Oklahoma guy. Um, he's got good taste, John. Um, he's a sooner, but of course, uh, yeah. He uh, 
he was kind of given it was old TGW is what it was. If you've ever been to TGW, it's it's, it's not what it used to be. There, there's like 70,000 or whatever square feet. It's just, it's mind blowing for somebody that's never seen that. So, you know, Bill shows Lewis around, blah, blah, blah. So we, we take him into the customer service center and, you know, it's, he's, um, he goes, Hey guys, you see that headset? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I invented that. We're like, dude, just start pointing out stuff you haven't invented. Type of <laughs> um yeah casually that. like pointing it out i love it yeah that's yeah. not he, he has like he has no ego at all so he does like one of those dudes. he definitely yeah. does not he's the most unassuming guy i've, I've met him plenty of times yeah so it, it was you know he's he's very smart and you know look if you if you look at our different product iterations we, each product look wise keeps getting better and better and better and um you know the patented hill counterweight that he developed um, and then, you know, the CG thing, I mean, it honestly was very much ahead of its time. Um, so now there's other companies that have tried to do the same thing we have and they just, they can't, honestly. Can we talk about what's coming for Access One? You mentioned just trying to, to stay ahead of the curve. We saw a prototype, or at least I did, when I was at the Byron Nelson. Inside scoop. As I was about to say, okay. uh, he, he mentioned he had a prototype. And listen, I've, I've heard of a lot of mind-blowing designs since I've been in this industry. But there, there's not a lot, in my opinion, that goes on. The putter, it's, it's a very confined space. It's tough to really make monumental changes. But then Phil hands me this putter that a, uh, another, you know, I would say a, a very well-known tour pro was testing. And he's like, hey... I got something to show you. And he starts going on about plasma welding and, you know, my mind was completely blown. <laughs> so can you, can you lift the lid on this? Where, where do we stand on this new prototype? Um, it will be released. I don't want to give you exact date. I can tell you it's going to be released very soon. Um, yeah. What it is, it's, it's actually, the, this is one of the putters right here. Um, I, there's no way you guys are going to be able to see the shape on this. I mean, John, you, you shot it. So, you know, basically it's a a, um, a blade style putter that's got, you know, the step back. It's really hard to it's see. It's got a little Sorry. step back design on the back for people that, that aren't watching the video. It's, you know, it's, it's, I, I would not, it's not a, a wide, a wide bodied flange, but it's, it's got, it's got, you know, maybe a little bit more beef than your traditional like answer style, but it's, it looks very, it looks very traditional at a dress. Um, but there's a lot going on underneath the hood, which yeah, we, we talk I about think, that with drivers, not, not with putters. Well, you, 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 but you think whole body construction in an iron and think what that means. And we've actually done that with this putter um, just to, to basically engineer it and, you know, release it. And, you know, look, when you, when you do stuff like that, you know, in my past life, um, I worked for the company that, that introduced cup face irons, um, back in 2006. So, you know, when you, when you, when you're in that, when you're dealing with hot, hollow body or, you know, something similar to that, you know, there's a sound issue going on too. I mean, there could be multiple different sound points in the face and our first prototype on this product, the sound was, didn't change throughout the face. So that's kind of the first thing, but it was just a, it's a hollow body construction and a putter. So it's a, it's a, a two piece putter essentially that looks one piece because it's 360 degree plasma welded um, around the perimeter um, of the, of the putter. And it's uh, it's a very um, beautiful product. It's not a cheap product by any means to make, 
Um, but it's something we're very excited about. So that's something that's definitely coming sooner than later. Um, and then we've got at least one um, new mallet potentially coming out Q1, Q2 next year. You know, it, it's really hard to kind of quote times right now because of what's going on with the supply chain. Um, but you know, we're we're close and some on. Some, yeah, I think you'll definitely see the prototype that I'm talking about on tour here. You know, hopefully by the um, the old Bob Hope um, event for sure. So. It's uh, there we go. Yeah, I'd like to say, I'd like to say, well, that product's gonna be March fifteenth. It's hard. It's that's an impossible figure to put out right now, sadly. So, understandable. Kind of a tease there. Yeah, but we got some good info. Yeah, so you you get a definitely a new mallet, and then you got you know the the, the proto that uh, would probably be a direct only product initially um, that have probably been on our website here pretty quick. So. You have a, a really extensive background in the golf equipment industry, but I, selfishly, I want to ask this question. You spent time, how many years did you spend at McGregor? Uh, so it'd been from 2005 till, I mean, essentially I was the last employee at McGregor. So 2009, it's about three and a half years. I mean, it was yeah. late, late up. I mean, I, I left uh, probably mid 05. So yeah, three and a half, let's just call it three and a half years. Was Don still there, Don White? Yeah, 100% it was. Um, okay, I want I want I want a Don White story because okay, we we've talked a lot about we talked a lot about Mike Taylor. Mike Taylor worked with Tiger on all his product. Um, still was doing work when when Tiger came to TaylorMade. Don White is 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 in the same you same breath as Mike Taylor. Um, I mean, we mentioned Gene Sheely who who worked with Ben Hogan. I mean, these, these guys are legends because of, of what they can do with their hands. Don White is, is as Tursky said, he's a goat. I mean, what, what was it like kind of hanging around the building with Don White? Because he, he made Nicholas's stuff. Well, he, I mean, look, I mean, he's got 14 major championships to his name. So it's not like, you know, it, it was very interesting when I left the, the – so essentially – Reed Gorman, who's kind of my mentor in the industry, left Callaway Golf to become the president of McGregor. And I left, you know, shortly after to go re- with Reed to McGregor. And when Reed got there, we, look, we didn't know who Don was. Um, and, you know, honestly, most people in the industry didn't until a Golf WRX thread launched. And that was because of Reed, honestly. Um, so we, 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 he gets there and he's like, look at this guy's resume. And it's like, what in the world's going on there. So, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Reed is the one that put Don, Don's name on golf products. That's where that came from. So, I mean, yeah, but he, we, look, I mean, it, it's ridiculous that you've got a, a absolute treasure. Um, Cause that's what Don White is. He's a national treasure. He not only is the, he is the goat, um, you know, kind of buried in your back room in Albany, Georgia. I mean, the, the guy, I mean, I could sit there and literally watch the, you know, him do his grind work for, for hours. Um, you know, he, you know, not just Nicholas Norman. I mean, we, you know, we could go up and down the list. I mean, it was, I, I it was crazy when I used to go to Albany and, and kind of walk in, you know, Don's area and kind of look at the boxes. Um, and you know, some of the names on the boxes, um, you know, it was just, you know, it, it's mind blowing, but he, I mean, there's just really nobody better than, than, than him. It, it, you know, it, it, 
at the time what he did. I mean, it's just, he, it's insane. I mean, I, I can't give you a story because it's just like the dudes, the dudes. I mean, just the the master, if you will. He's but yeah, no, I mean, he, yeah, he is. I mean, I you know, but that you know, th thank God that Reed Gorman went to McGregor because I'm not even sure if, if that story would have been told honestly. And you know, Reed probably get upset with me. He hears this, but it's, I mean, it's, that's the truth. I mean, it really is. So, well, I got, I got but that shows you a lot of the, the, I'm not going to say disorientedness of McGregor, but that kind of shows you how badly run that company was. You've got somebody like that just sitting in your back room. Yeah. I was just about to say, you know, it, it, they, somebody should have, somebody should have put him front and center just with, again, with his relationship that he had with, yeah. with Nicholas. Um, oh, he did, he did when it was, when it was too late, but I mean, he's, I mean, I, I did. I've got some of the, the original prototype stuff and some of the, the new product was about to be brought out that Don, um, that it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I can tell you this is the one, one thing I will say about Don probably call him right now. And he literally would, and I, he had made a set of clubs for me probably since 2007, maybe 2008. I've got a set of, there's only, there's only, there's only two sets of these made of, of the end of, so the, the cup face iron, the, the McGregor mid iron. So Greg Norman had a set where well, Greg Norman was, was testing this golf club. And because of the, you know, the hollow body construction and the cup face technology, he saw, you know, over his forge that he saw, you know, a massive increase in distance. And it was just like, it wasn't a, like a, you know, minimal increase. It, it, it was a big increase. So they took a stock set, gave him to Don and Don literally grinded the soles um, off, off the set to kind of get him, you know, so kind of give turf relief. And so I, 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 I basically I had the same thing done, the exact same set made, and I've still got it in my garage. And half the half the clubs, I mean, you can't see the numbers on the bottom. I have to look at the. It's funny I look that's at awesome. the literally the toe of the golf club to figure out when I used to play. I'm like, okay, that's my four iron, cool. So I didn't put it down. Yeah. So that is amazing. So last question for me, you know, we especially nowadays it feels like all we ever talk about is is driver technology, the distance report, rolling you know, the, the ball back. Um, there's not ever really a lot of talk about kind of the future of putters. It's really only more like the future of drivers and the future of the, the ball. Where, where do you see putter technology going in the future? Um, I mean, I think I'm, I'm sitting here probably there's only so much you can do because, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, you talk about drivers and obviously we know what that, that limit is. So putters, it's, you know, it's very much the same thing. So, I mean, if you look at what we've done or what Lewis has done, excuse me, <clears throat> how much further can you go than that? I mean, honestly, I mean, the, you know, where, where else can you go? I'm not saying that there hadn't been things thought about it, but I'm not really sure where else you, where you, I mean, where you would go because, you know, and look, I'm not, this isn't sell speak. It's just, you know, we, we feel like that we've, 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 we've got it here. Um, I'm not really sure, you know, where, where else do you go from here? I mean, there's only, again, not to be repetitive, but there's only so many places you can go. I mean, what else do you do? I mean, you know, you, you look at kind of the innovations of putting, I mean, obviously, you know, we had perimeter wave, we had, you know, face technology, we've had alignment features and, you know, a, a, a gentleman that, um, named Norv Anderson that played, they literally dated back to, to Gene Saracen. It's amazing. I was actually around when this Lewis, when this happened, he came to Lewis and he goes, Lewis, I think you've got the fourth major, major innovation of putters right here. So, you know, I, 
I mean, it's a great question. Great. If you guys got any ideas, let, you know, you got my number, please call. Hey, man, it's, it's right here. There it is. Tursky's mind is blown. I mean, there, there's one thing that, that that's being thought about. I just can't, can't you know, we're not going to break that right here on, on this podcast, unfortunately, yet. Maybe down the road. Uh, you'll, you'll, you guys will be the first to know. Well, I hope so. Phil, this is awesome, man. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. I'm curious, what's, uh, what's A&M? I missed the ranking. What's A&M ranking before we go out? Yep, and that'll do it for uh, this interview of Fully Equipped. Thanks again to Phil for the time. <laughs> Not even going there. All right, but thanks again, man. It was great. Yeah, thanks. And that'll do it for episode 117 of Fully Equipped. Thanks again to Phil for the time. As always, if you want more gear news, check us out on social media. We are at Fully underscore Equipped on Twitter, at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram, and also at Fully Equipped Golf on TikTok. I'm so waiting for Tursky to drop an island, boys, but it's not going to happen. It is going to be a good night. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you around.